I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. Fintel Connect serves more than 100 financial brands and is female-founded and female-led. The firm provides a content compliance solution for banks, other financial services providers, and fintechs. Finance, of course, is a heavily regulated industry, and the onus is on fintechs and others to get their compliance right, especially when it comes to their online proposition and communications. Content compliance is the topic. My guest is Nikki Senyard, founder and chief executive officer of Fintel Connect. We begin by reviewing the current fintech landscape. The interesting thing about the financial landscape, I think it's intimately tied with the economic conditions that countries are going through at the same time. If you look at the, especially in the US, the market 2021-2022 was incredibly frothy. People were throwing money at fintechs. They were sort of like growth at any cost, um, all of that sort of thing. And then whether it was the economy, whether it was people waking up, (laughs) I don't know which one it was, but everything started to contract during the end of 2022. And then I think we saw, we've seen the effects of that. I don't think any movement in finance is hairpin turn. I think there's sort of like more gradual declines into a valley. And I think what we're actually experiencing is probably just the realism that fintechs and financial services businesses need to make money. And there are unit economics that need to be taken into consideration for that. And it doesn't matter what a brilliant idea is, if it doesn't have consumer appetite or consumer intent behind it, then I think what you've got is a very good idea maybe before it's time. So I think it's sort of like the turbulenceness with the financial market is tied to how fintechs are being affected and the financial services generally. Well, some of my grey hairs date back to the dot-com bubble when people were concerned only with their burn rate how much money they were spending. Nobody was actually, or seemingly nobody was actually interested in how much money they ought to be making. And you can see slight remnants. I don't think it was as extreme, to be very honest, but there was definitely the same. I don't know whether it's greed. I don't know whether it's excitement. I don't know. I can't quite term the the energy behind all of it. Maybe optimism, I, I don't know. But there is... I actually feel a lot more comfortable with the market when there's unit economics, when there's, you know, a strive for profit margin, whether there's, a, you know, a view for runway for break even. They all seem to be very more sustainable concepts. And I think it's it's applied to the real world, most other businesses. So therefore, why not fintech and finance? You talked about a gradual decline rather than a pivot turn for finance and for fintech. And I agree with you. But where are we on that curve, do you think? Are we still seeing a decline or are we at the bottom of the valley at the moment? I think that, I, you know, I think valleys are either very deep or very shallow. And I'm hoping this one's going to be very shallow. I think what there is is just as investment money becomes more pragmatic, so does then business concepts. So I think it's, I hope everybody just gets on that bandwagon very soon, you know, like gets on that bandwagon with open arms. Um, And then what will end up happening is the pragmatism will then create profit and the profit then attracts more money. So my concept is that I'm hoping that we're near where we need to be for people to pivot. 
And once they pivot, then the abundance will come back again. So I don't think it needs to be a very deep valley, but I think it's sort of like people's willingness to change that will make the difference. What I'm hearing from you is you don't think we're at the bottom yet, though. No. Because you're you're waiting for people, still waiting for people to change. So we're not. I think they have. I think they have changed. I think there's a lot of because basically they either have to change and accept the bitter pill of lower valuations or more stringent capital requirements, you know, from venture capital, private equity, or wherever they're getting their money from. Or alternatively, they basically go it alone and then have to change. So it's either, you know, just choice change, like, you know, we'll do this on our own and we'll whatever it turns out to be. Or I think the the people that are investing are going to force the change. So do I think we're probably near the bottom? I don't know what the bottom looks like. I think it's a lot healthier from the conversations I'm having around the place. So that's what makes me optimistic. Okay, we've had our dose of reality, but there is another dose of reality that fintech firms need to grapple with. And that is the fact that they are either in the middle of or on the fringes of a heavily regulated industry. Part of that heavily regulated industry, fintechs need to ensure that they satisfy compliance requirements as well. This is a minefield for some people, isn't it? It is. And I find it quite fascinating that one of the reasons that we have such trust in our financial systems is because of the high regulation. And I think it's amazing that people come up with incredibly useful and impactful niche products. But because it is finance, they still are biting that apple of finance, which means that they still need to look at the rules and regulations that govern the safety for the general public, and therefore they have to adhere to it. And content compliance is a very, very good example of things that fintechs need to take into consideration. They may have a great concept, they may be brilliant marketers, but they definitely have lanes that they need to stay between to stay on the right side of regulation and what the regulators are deeming to be appropriate through federal laws, through state laws, through uh, FDIC, OCC, all of those sorts of bodies have very strict views on how financial content needs to be recorded or displayed. Well, that kind of brings me on to your business itself now, Fintel Connect. This is part of what you do for people or how you help people with this. Yeah. How we got into this content compliance area is because we work with a lot of financial services businesses, whether they be banks, credit unions, or fintechs themselves, on new customer acquisition, which is what I was talking about. It's on the very edge of the content compliance needs. So what we've actually developed is a machine learning tool that helps both fintechs credit unions, financial services business, make sure that the content on their sites are actually within the rules of what the regulators are looking for. And we do that by simply scanning websites, web pages. We don't crawl the net. There are other businesses out there that do it. But what we're doing is making sure that specific pages that have disclaimers and interest rates and those sorts of things that are really, really sharp edges are actually up to date and are accurate. Because sometimes content compliance slips into being inaccurate through human error, not through negligence or through wanting to mislead anybody. So we make sure that our tool helps businesses 
financial services business and some fintechs stay on the right side of what those regulations are? This is part of the problem. Because of the onus of regulation, the marketing, the marketing that appears on a web page, the marketing that appears in corporate communications, fintech corporate communications, has to be as good as, in terms of its compliance, as that of the largest bank in the world. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And this is the cost of the area that the fintechs have got into. Every area, like if you're in a manufacturing business, you've got the cost of raw materials and production. If you're in a shipping business, you've got the cost of, you know, getting materials from one side of the world to the other. This content compliance is the cost of what these fintechs need to pay to be in the area that they're in. If they un- if they ignore it, if they think that they can shimmy their way through, if they do any of those sorts of things, then what they're doing is that they're actually being a little ignorant of the area that they've got into. And it's sort of like saying, well, I'm going to have a manufacturing business, but I'm not actually going to pay attention to the quality of my raw materials. It's just a flawed business concept. And that's what I think a lot of people are starting to realise as the regulators are becoming more and more stringent on the banks and then the banks onto the fintechs. Speaking of banking, tell me a little bit about your latest product, Fintel Check for Banking as a Service. What are you actually providing here? This is the sweet spot. What we realized is that banking as a service is a really great concept for a lot of banks to get into, especially the community banks regional banks that actually want to grow their deposit base. This is a really, banking as service is a great concept. Regulators seem to be inherently uncomfortable with the concept because it's on the edge of what they see is, or what they were seeing is banking. And so what's happened is there's a lot of pressure on the banks um, to make sure that their fintechs are playing by the rules. So what we saw it as is that it's an incredibly arduous and repetitive task to keep checking these websites to make sure that either human error is taken into consideration or people that are skirting the edges of what is appropriate are held to task. So our Fintel check product, which is the content compliance or content policing tool that we've developed, we see as an ideal fit for banking and service banks as they struggle with the concept of how much to police and how much to monitor and how much to invest the resources to keep their brand within charter and what the regulators see as correct, plus make sure that their banking partners um, and fintechs are um, held accountable for what is appearing on their sites. So who's your client in that case? Is it the bank? Is the it banking the service. Yeah, the banking and service bank. So what's happening now is banks and compliance, whenever they have fintech partners, they are reviewing that content constantly and persistently, however much labor they're putting behind it. And somebody's compliance analyst is actually doing the task. And so what we want to do is be able to give that compliance analyst the summary so that they need to be able to see each of those pages. So we're not usurping the process, we're just finding it for them more quickly. So I call it the calculator. So it just allows them to do their job more seamlessly and easy. It doesn't replace them and it doesn't take away the human review element of what needs to happen, but we're sort of curating the content for them to be able to review. So it's just making their job easier. What we're seeing, it is just a tool to leverage and help banks. I really feel 
that banking as a service is such a phenomenal concept. It gets unique product into the hands of unique consumers. It doesn't become a generalist market for a savings account or a high interest savings or a, you know, or a credit card. What it's doing is banking as service is allowing fintech to develop very unique products for very unique audiences. And the banks that are actually helping with the processing and keeping within the regulatory requirements, they're actually growing their deposits, which then help them make money. So from a circular perspective, I think banking and service is amazing. I just think that what's happening is that everybody's learning how to do it in the most efficient way to be able to get everybody's objectives, taking into consideration regulation, requirements, consumer protection, all of those sorts of things. And that's Nikki Sanyard, founder and CEO of Fintel Connect.